There is a question I like to ask people when talking to them about their relationship with God. And that question is, what do you pray for? Or another way of asking that question, what exactly is it that you want God to do for you? Because it is a very normal thing to come to church or to invest in our spiritual lives wanting something from that experience. And our prayers often shed light on what that something is, on what it is we want God to do for us. For instance, here's a prayer someone shared with me this week called the Warrior's Prayer. Dear Lord, help me to relax about insignificant details. Beginning tomorrow at 7.41 a.m. Help me consider people's feelings, even if most of them are hypersensitive. <laughs> Give me patience, Lord, and I do need it right now. Help me stay humble and open to the ideas of others, even though you and I both know God that they're stupid. <laughs> the prayer goes on and on. I'll stop there. It's a silly, silly illustration, but it does reinforce a pretty basic spiritual insight. What we think we want is often our biggest spiritual problem. And so isn't it fascinating that Jesus asked Bartimaeus this very question today? Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want, Bartimaeus? This is not the first time Jesus has asked this question in the Gospel of Mark. In fact, just a few verses earlier, he asked this question to James and John. And do you remember how they answered Jesus' question? Grant us to sit, one at your right hand, the other at your left, when you come into your glory. Translation, we want power. We want prestige. We want a place of honor in the kingdom of God. That is what James and John thought they wanted. And of course, Jesus had to break the news that they were confusing their instinctual wants with their deepest spiritual yearnings. That the power they craved was just a substitute for the abundant life he came to give. A life that has nothing to do with what we can get, but rather in the art of learning to give our life away. Which brings us to Bartimaeus, the main character in today's gospel. We are told that he is a beggar, and so his life literally revolves around what he can get. Day by day, he sits by the roadside wanting to receive something. He has a cloak, which he uses to collect money. We might even say that Bartimaeus' cloak is a metaphor, a symbolic representation of a life that is solely focused on what we can receive. And you know, Bartimaeus is probably doing this fine. His cloak fills up with money each day, and Bartimaeus is surviving. But survival is not what Bartimaeus wants. What he wants is to live, to experience the abundant life that God created us to know. And so whenever he hears that Jesus is coming, Bartimaeus is filled with hope because he wants more for himself. And so Bartimaeus cries out, not once, but twice, for the Messiah to open his eyes. And that is exactly what happens. Take heart, Jesus says. Get up. I am calling 
Get up. I am calling you, Bartimaeus. And aren't these the words that we all really want to hear? The experience that we really want to have for Jesus Christ to see us, for him to notice us in this big, confusing world, for him to speak to us when we are discouraged and clinging to our cloak, wanting to let go, but not quite sure how to do it. For Jesus Christ to speak our name, isn't this what we want? For him to open our eyes, to tell us that even we are among the chosen, that even we are among the called, and that we can experience not existence, but life, and life more abundantly. This encounter changed Bartimaeus' life. Mark is very clear about that. Because the moment Jesus speaks his name, Bartimaeus springs up and drops his cloak once and for all. And only then, when he has left his cloak behind, only then does Jesus ask him that tender and soul-piercing question, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And what does Bartimaeus say? Not power. Not prestige, not a place of honor in the kingdom of God, but sight. Lord, I want to see again. These past few weeks, we have spent a lot of time talking about extravagant generosity. We as a church have been trying to see again, to see that giving lies at the very heart of the abundant life that all of us want. The Father giving His Son, the Son giving His life, the Spirit giving us courage to be more generous in our lives. But the overarching thread, the strand woven into every one of these sermons is that the abundant life that we all want is found not in what we get, but in the quality of how we give. And so as we bring this series to a close, it's very important for me to be clear. God does not want a portion of our money and a portion of our time and a portion of ourself. No, the gospel is much more challenging and exciting and grace-filled and beautiful and messy and hard and true. It's that God wants all of it, all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind, and all of your strength, that is what God ultimately wants. And for you and I to give, to give our money, to give our time, to give our presence to other people, rooted in that awareness that God wants all of us. So last year, I made some changes to my diet. One such change involved foregoing dairy, meaning that when cooking I could no longer use butter. I had to find a substitute. So shopping that next week, I purchased a new product, a spray, with an so clever name. I can't believe it's not butter. I went home, I grilled steak, and then I 
afraid what I later discovered to be a mix of food coloring, hydrogenated oil, <laughs> water, and plastic onto my sirloin. I took a bite, I chewed, I grimaced, <laughs> and I immediately knew that this product was not named appropriately. <laughs> I could believe <laughs> that it was not butter. <laughs> But it's not always that obvious, is it? And I mean, in our own life, the many substitutes we use to fill ourselves because for whatever reason you and I have lost touch with the real thing. We want belonging. We substitute fitting in. We want faith. We substitute certainty. We want meaning. We substitute productivity. We want to be loved by God. We substitute being needed by God. We want a life that is spiritually and relationally rich. We substitute money. And though our minds may be fooled into thinking these substitutes work, our souls and our bodies and our emotions are never fooled. You and I are created in the image and likeness of a deeply generous God, meaning we can only become who we are to the extent that we learn the joy of being generous. And I know that generosity is hard. I would love to stand before you today and say that generosity was really easy for me and that I'm the generosity hero in the Newton family. But I'm not. My wife Emily is. It's true. In fact, in moving here last year, uh, our expenses went up a little bit, our income went down a little bit, so we were having a little family chat about how to make everything work. And sadly, I'm the one who said, where we want to start negotiating. And I immediately knew that she was right. I knew that she was right, so we're actually going to increase our giving in 2019. But I'm sharing that story with you because I know in my own life, I know in my own heart, that generosity is hard, and it is supposed to be. But I also know that whenever it comes to generosity, there is no substitute. Which is why, in the long run, not being generous is a much more difficult path. Now, we have copies of 2019 commitment cards out in the Narthex. Many of you will receive your card in the mail tomorrow, and we'll also send an email this week letting you know how you can get to St. Michael's. And so, let me end this sermon series by saying this as we bring our conversation about extravagant generosity to a close. Whenever you are thinking about making your financial commitment to this church, please, please, please do not ask the question, what does St. Michael's mean? Don't ask that question. Because when it comes to generosity, that is not the question. The question is always, what quality of life do I really want? Answer that question. And then take heart. Get up and know that Jesus is also calling you. Amen.